Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning Five here on Monday, August 24th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by the Dean of Ohio State Football Recruiting, Bill Curlick. A lot of recruiting to get into. Before we get to that, Bill, Randy Wade, father of Sean Wade, is organizing a rally this Saturday at the Horseshoe with the hopes of saving the 2020 football season for Ohio State. This comes on the heels of the protest that he led in Chicago at the Big Ten offices on Friday. Bill, any chance any of this works, what he did on Friday, what he's hoping to do this Saturday, any chance any of this works? Well, uh, let me start by saying, Dave, you know, great for Randy Wade, you know, trying to help the cause. You know, I, uh, how many people, uh, you know, are, are able and willing to do what Randy Wade has done? I mean, he, he's really taken the bull by the horns and, and tried to help the cause. And and I, I'm really impressed with that. I'm not surprised because I got to know Randy when when Sean was being recruited. I talked to Randy many times and I've, I've stayed in contact on occasion since then. Um, so it doesn't surprise me. Randy's a great guy. Um, but uh, on the other side of the coin, um, I hate to see anybody get their hopes up. I think everybody that's, that's listening to this podcast probably uh, um, would love, absolutely love to see Ohio State play football this fall. And obviously, you and I do, they want, would love to see that. Uh, but, you know, I just, uh, again, I just don't think it's going to happen, and I don't expect it to happen, unfortunately. Um, you know, the Big Ten made their decision, you know, much to our chagrin. Uh, I continue and will always think that it did not need to be made when it was made, that they could have carried on. I'm not saying that, that everything would have gone off and the whole season would have been played, but I just don't think that decision needed to be made uh, when it was. Um, other schools, as we know, are continuing, and um, uh, I think the Big Ten could be continuing right now and then see where it goes. Um, I just don't see, though, that uh, anything uh, that is done uh, by parents, for instance, is going to change the thinking. Um, And that's not necessarily the total goal. A lot of the goal is just to get an explanation of why it was done, when it was done, and everything that went on behind the decision. If nothing else, uh, maybe perhaps Randy can get that and the other parents and all the others are to get that out of out, out of the Big Ten office. I'm with you. I mean, props to Randy Wade, and you know, I just give him all the respect in the world. But um, I, I will be shocked if it ends up working, and you know, but not due to any lack of effort uh, on the part of Randy Wade and some of the other parents. So kudos to them. 
All right, let's get into some recruiting. Let's look at some 2021 uncommitted recruits. We haven't done this in a while. Give some intel on some of the uncommitted 2021 recruits that the Buckeyes were in on. Just to give an update, the Buckeyes have 18 commitments in their 2021 class. They are still ranked number one in the country, but Alabama is nipping on their heels. I will ask Bill in a few minutes if he thinks if the Buckeyes are going to hold off Alabama. But before we do that, let's get into some of the individual guys. Let's start with JT Tui Molo-Al, number two overall player in the country, number two strong side defensive end. What's the latest intel on Tui Molo-Al, Dean? Well, if I uh, had to say right now uh, what happens, I would go with JT Tuimolo-Al being in the class. Um, I, I still think Ohio State uh, has the best chance, but I think it's going to uh, it's going to all play out, and it's going to take quite a bit of time. I, he has not changed on his thinking that he's going to go through the process, though right now the process you know there's not much to the process because you can't take visits and all that but he's going to go through with things and not going to decide until the end uh so much can happen between now and then um you know i, I think there's just some very realistic possibilities for jt uh other than ohio state you know usc i think uh, uh I, i've long said that uh, with his family in southern california uh, you got to watch out for the Trojans. Um, uh, you've also got Oregon, for instance, and, and, and a number of other schools. So I think it's, it's going to continue to play out. I'll go with Ohio State right now. But as I have been saying, um, this one's going to go all the way through the process. Staying in the state of Washington, Emeka Egbuka, number seven overall player in the country, the number one wide receiver in the country. What's the latest intel on Egbuka as it pertains to the Buckeyes, Bill? No, I think it helped that he did not make it to the Sooner Summit over the weekend. Uh, the, the gathering of Oklahoma uh, recruits that were on their campus this past weekend, obviously not on any type of visit that they could talk to the coaches because of the extended dead period, but they were still there. He, he was not able to make it to that. He continues to say that he would like to get to Oklahoma, but um, uh, and he also continues to say that he's going to continue to wait it out, but we'll see. Uh, you know, I, I feel like um, uh, that there's a better chance of uh, him deciding sooner rather than later. Not a great chance necessarily that he decides sooner rather than later, but a better chance than JT. And I do continue to like Mecca to Ohio State. But again, that it's not a done deal. Um, you know, Oklahoma is still there. Washington, I don't think you can rule them out. Uh, but I, it's really hard to bet against Brian Hartline. You know, he's such a fabulous recruiter. It's just hard to bet against him. So I have him in the class at this point. I like it. I like it so far. Now, let me ask you this. Now, this doesn't apply as much with Emeka because he's looking at Oklahoma, but it seems like with Tui Molo Al, correct me if I'm wrong, it's basically down to Ohio State and a few Pac-12 schools. So unlike a lot of these kids that I'm going to ask you about, I'm not going to ask you about that many, but of these handful of kids I'm going to ask you about, um, a lot of these kids you know, are looking at Ohio State and they're looking at teams that are definitely going to be playing this year, at least as of now are going to be playing. I shouldn't say definitely. It is 2020. Um, and Emeka's looking at Oklahoma who plans on playing. But that has to help Ohio State is my point, is at least with JT, you know, they're not trying to fight with like, you know, recruiting him against other schools that are actually going to be playing football this year. Do you think that helps the situation for Ohio State when it comes to JT? Um, a little bit. But uh, Alabama's in the mix for him, too. Um, you know, when I look at JT's recruitment, I basically look 
at the handful of schools being Ohio State, um, USC, Oregon. Uh, I think you know, Oklahoma's in there, and I think Alabama's in there. So uh, you've got a couple schools uh, in there that are, that are playing football as of now this fall. Um, and, again, I'm not, I'm not totally convinced that those schools are going to go through and play a whole season or their season of 10 games or whatever. Um, as of now, that's the goal, and that's what they're working towards. And, and wouldn't we like that to be the situation at Ohio State right now? Uh, but yeah, I think that uh, Alabama is certainly a factor there now with JT too. Yeah, we sure wish that was the situation here at Ohio State. That should be the situation. It's still surreal to me. It's the, the most 2020 thing ever, and I've said this like three times on the show now, but it, it deserves repeating. The most 2020 thing ever is we're going to have Ohio high school football, but we're not going to have Ohio State football. Like we're going to have a High school football in the state of Ohio this year, which begins this Friday. They had scrimmages this past Friday, and we're not going to have Ohio State football. It is mind-boggling. All right, a couple – about three. And, and, and go Dave, ahead. And, Dave, they, they kicked things off in the state of Indiana this past weekend, and they, they had high school football in the state of Indiana this past weekend. And, um, you know, th- things went went off, and, and they played football. And as far as I know, that, uh, you know, it was a successful first weekend from everything I've heard in the state of Indiana. Yeah, the more and more I think about it, I, I do think the the other Power Three, uh, Power Five conferences are going to be able to play this year and finish their season. The ACC, the Big Twelve, the SEC. I think they're going to be able to do it because I, I think they're there's obviously going to be kids that get the virus. They're not going to shut it down. It's going to have to be like widespread outbreaks for them to to completely shut it down. I think they're going to find a way to happen, and it's going to make the Big Ten look absolutely awful. We think the Big Ten looks bad right now. If those three conferences can finish their season and they will crown a national champion amongst the, whoever, you know, the best team of those three conferences is, they'll play out the playoffs and um, the Big Ten's going to look horrible. All right, let's move right along. Tristan Lee, Bill, correct me if I'm wrong. Now, for those that don't know, the number 11 overall player in the country, number three offensive tackle in the country, five-star young man. Buckeyes have been in on him for a while. Bill, correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like it's a long shot at this point for the Buckeyes, just looking at the crystal ball picks from various people. Is it a long shot for the Buckeyes to land Tristan Lee? I don't think so. Now, and I'm not saying that the high state's the favorite. I don't think they're the favorite, but I don't think they are a long shot. Uh, he did, by the way, he and his brother, Aiden, who is a class of 2023 offensive lineman that Ohio state has offered. Uh, they did make it to the sooner summit uh, over the weekend um, with family, I might add. Um, so Oklahoma certainly is one of the schools that, uh, that he's highly considering Ohio state, uh, you got Alabama, LSU, Clemson. I don't agree with those that uh, have thought that he's going to Clemson. I don't think that one's going to happen. Uh, I do think LSU uh, is a very real possibility. In fact, if I had to predict right now, I would go with LSU as to his destination. But I don't count on I State out. Uh, the Buckeyes are really working hard recruiting him. Alabama, as I mentioned, Oklahoma, they're in there. Um, it, it does hurt that, you know, that the dead period keeps being extended. I would love to see him for Ohio State's sake get back on the Ohio State campus, but I do think Ohio State has a shot there. Every school he's looking at other than Ohio State's going to be playing football this fall. Unbelievable. Um, next young man, two more young men I'm going to ask you about. Yeah, kind of three because I'm going to ask you about the overall O-line situation. But let's start with uh, Derek Davis, number 52 overall player in the country, number two safety. What's the latest intel with Derek Davis Jr., Bill? 
I still think his decision ultimately comes down to Ohio State or Penn State. Those aren't the only two schools left. Uh, certainly Clemson and, and LSU are in the running, uh, among others. But uh, I, I have long felt that Derek is going to end up at Ohio State or Penn State. He's got all kinds of connections uh, somewhere or another to both schools. He's been to both schools multiple times. You know, his dad played at Cleveland Glenville. Um, you know, there's, I just, you know, have long thought he's going to end up at one of those two schools and still do. And I think that one is about as close as can be. I would not be shocked at all if he picked Ohio State or Penn State. Uh, the crystal ball heavily favors Penn State right now, but um, I don't necessarily agree with that. It, it makes it sound like it's a runaway, and I don't think it is. Um, again, you've got Great, great recruiter. Talked earlier about Brian Hartline recruiting Mecca at Vuka. Well, you got Kerry Combs recruiting Derek Davis, and, and that's a, also as good as it gets. So, you know, we'll see what happens. And, and Derek Davis, by the way, is in no hurry to make a decision. He, he you know, he could certainly uh, commit to one of the schools at any point, but he's in no rush, and I think he's going to continue to go through the process. I love it. Never bet against Kerry Combs. Never bet against Brian Hartline, as you said. Never bet against Ryan Day. I mean, those those three right there, and the whole staff is just you know, fantastic at recruiting. You know, Larry Johnson, on and on and on. Tony Alford. Uh, I'm going to be leaving guys out. Al Washington. I mean, the whole staff is fantastic at recruiting. Um, now, let's move on to the mystery man, Tywone Malone, number 53 overall player in the country, number four D-tackle. What's the latest intel, if you have any, on Tywone Malone, Dean? Well, um, as, as our listeners, and many of them know, you know, he's also a baseball guy. But uh, in talking to a, a source that's pretty familiar with his talents in both sports, they, they say he is a, a good baseball player, a guy that could uh, be uh, a, you know, a good player, uh, at the college level, but not necessarily a great player as he could be in football. And, and maybe he would be in baseball, but the feeling is, is that, you know, he's a better football player than he is a baseball player. And that's where I think the basis of his decision will be football wise. Um, you know, he is absolutely considering Ohio state. Um, again, you would love to get him back on campus and, and, and who knows if and when that'll happen. You know, Dave, it's, it's, it's really incredible to think, and it's not out of the question that an entire class of prospects, uh, could be unable to make official visits. And, you know, if a kid wants to decide, um, in December during the early signing period, you know, who knows for sure if people, if kids will be able to make official visits by then or not. We just don't know right now. Long ago, I had someone told me that I really trust that this was long ago, that they wouldn't be surprised if visits weren't allowed on campus again until late November. Um, we'll see if that happens or if it happens earlier. But uh, Taiwan is highly considering uh, Ohio State. And, and I mentioned this on, in one of my articles, and, and there were some that uh, kind of maybe scoffed a little bit about it, but don't rule out Rutgers. You know, uh, he's, you know, right there, you know, not uh, – too far from Rutgers and they are recruiting him hard. I'm not saying he's going to go there. I'm just saying that they're a factor too in this recruitment. 
I want to ask you about the offensive line and where things stand. Um, the Buckeyes have obviously two excellent offensive linemen in this 2021 class with Donovan Jackson, a five-star, and Ben Crispin, a high four-star. But if they miss out on Tristan Lee, and let's say they also miss out on Jager Burton, hopefully they don't. Hopefully they land at least one of those two, if not both of them. But let's say they, they, they don't land Lee. Let's say they don't land Burton. What do you think will happen? Will be, who else would be in the mix? And how many might they take, Bill? Well, the goal originally was to land four offensive linemen in this class, and that was predicated on uh, who they were likely to lose uh, when they thought there was going to be a college football season this fall, uh, like we had all hoped. They were figuring that they were going to lose Thayer Mumford, of course, uh, Gavin Cup. Uh, those two um, would be leaving. And that Wyatt Davis and Josh Meyer would leaving early for the NFL. Well, we don't know what's going to happen now. Um, I, you know, I think you and I both feel like uh, Thayer Mumford is, is likely to head to the NFL, uh, but we don't know for sure right now. Um, Wyatt Davis, I think we probably both feel the same way, but uh, we don't know for sure right now. In fact, I would be shocked if uh, Wyatt Davis wasn't headed to the NFL. Uh, Josh Meyer, you know, we've had that, uh, uh, I think, in the boarding house, perhaps, but uh, that, that he looks like he uh, may be coming back. So we don't know right now exactly who is coming back. And it, let's say that Josh Myers comes back for another season. That means Ohio State, uh, if the other guys are not back, uh, would be just fine with signing just three offensive linemen instead of four. So they would still love to get Jagger Burton or Tristan Lee. Either one of those guys would, would, would be absolutely great additions to this Ohio State class. If they don't uh, get one of those two guys, then there are some others. They're still staying in contact with Noah Josie from uh, Tennessee. He's a possibility. You know, will they go and try to flip Terrence Rankle, an Ohioan who's committed to Pitt, for instance? Or how about Thomas Remack, another Ohioan who's committed to West Virginia? Uh, will they wait and look at the transfer portal? I think all those possibilities are out there. And then, of course, we still got a lot of time. High State staff does a great job of uh, coming in later on prospects and, and then landing them. So, you know, a lot of high schools are playing out there. Uh, this fall. We'll see who develops and who maybe gets on Ohio State's radar screen and becomes a legitimate possibility to end up at Ohio State. Okay, last thing on the show here. It's becoming nip and tuck for the number one class in the country in the 2021 class. Uh, Buckeyes still have the number one class, but they are less than two points ahead of Alabama. The Buckeyes have 298.55 recruiting points. Crimson Tide, 296.72. Bill Curlick, will the Buckeyes hold off the Crimson Tide for the recruiting and national championship? So much depends on really three guys. You know, JT Tuimoloau, Emeka Egbuka, and then Derek Davis. You know, those aren't the only three guys, as we've talked about. Uh, Tywon Malone, maybe you could throw, throw in there too. Uh, in fact, you could throw him in there. But so much depends on those guys. And if they land Tui Molo out in Mecca Egbuka, then you know, I think their chances are really good that they're going to hold on and be the number one class in the country. So uh, with my crystal ball picks for both of those guys to Ohio State right now, I'm going to say yes, Ohio State ends up with the number one class in the country. I like it. Let's just go with that. 
Great stuff from the Dean of Ohio State Football Recruiting, Bill Curlick. Really appreciate it, Bill. And thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in. Have a great day, Bucknutters. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.